we are actually blocking our blessing. We are blocking the next level of manifestation doing the same, 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 same over and over again. And it's the human nature to not want to change. It's the egos. The ego doesn't want to change. The ego Absolutely. wants everything to change. The ego wants you to change, <laughs> wants your wife to change, wants your husband to change. It wants the president to change. It wants your freaking pet goldfish to change, but the ego doesn't want to change. Yeah. This is the nature of the ego self-preservation. And we can get deeper into the ego if you want later. But, but we have to acknowledge you have to let go of what is no longer a vibrational match. You have to let go of who is no longer a vibrational match. Likely as business people, most of the time, the people that got you to one level won't be the people that get you to that next level and that next level and that next level. I guarantee you, probably Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, most of the people that they're working with today were the people that started with them 10, 20, 15, 30 years ago. It's yeah. just evolution. It's evolution. 150 episodes. It's quite an achievement, isn't it? To celebrate this milestone in style, I'm joined by Cute Blackson, transformational speaker and teacher and author of You Are The One and his new book, The Magic of Surrender. Cute has been featured on very popular shows like The Larry King Show or on The Impact Theory. So I'm honored he came on my podcast to share his wisdom. Cute discusses his journey as a transformational teacher and his process of helping people become aware of their patterns, break barriers, and unlock their true gifts and greatness. Of course, we also talk about entrepreneurship. According to Cute, the best move entrepreneurs can do is letting go of what is not working for their businesses. For him, it's just not a strategic move. It's a profound acknowledgement that innovation and progress demand a willingness to embrace the unknown. It's also a readiness to pivot and evolve into the next level of your entrepreneurial journey. That's deep. And let me tell you, this episode is full of nuggets like that. So grab a coffee, sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So you define yourself as a transformational teacher. You've worked with hundreds of people. You wrote two books uh, titled You Are the One. Your new one is titled The Magic of Surrender. My work evolves around entrepreneur bottlenecks. So what about you? What's the thread that connects all of your work? Um, I don't really coach people. I don't really mm. teach people. I don't really train people. If anything, I unteach, I uncoach, I untrain, uh, from the patterns and layers of conditioning that we all, uh, often unconsciously build up from childhood and being in this human experience. And so I help people become aware of their conditioning. I help people free themselves of their conditioning through my processes one on one. I don't do as much one on one now. But starting out one-on-one -on -one and then small group intensive retreats, large group seminars, five to a, 500 to 1,000 people, and uh, for my books. And ultimately, the essence of my work is I help people find uh, the true, authentic essence of who they are to connect to that and uh, 
harness that power so that they can share their gifts with the world. I've done this with thousands of people one-on-one and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in person. And so this is the essence of my work. It's about freedom, you know, the freedom, freedom. to be who you are. Many times we, we think we have free will, like, oh, I'm free. I'm free. But the degree to which we are conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. Often we're, we're making choices based on fear. We're making choices based on trauma. We're making choices based on unconscious patterns. We're making choices in reaction to our parents and what they did do, what they didn't do, what they didn't give us. And so even in that sense, we think we're free, but we're not. We're, we're sort of playing out the unconscious conditioning, some of which is even conditioning passed down to us through generations and parents and grandparents and ancestors and great-grandparents. And many times it's it's not even our stuff that we're acting out, expressing our own belief systems. And so I help people become aware and 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 connect to their essence so that they can live that freedom again. And to me that's 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 true power. And that's true that's true authenticity, that's true power. Uh, then I believe you can truly live your purpose. Because even, you know, many times we we set goals and we achieve, we, we, we pursue goals that we think are authentic. And then yeah. we achieve these goals only to realize that what we thought we wanted and what we were pursuing was what we thought we wanted, but it wasn't what we really wanted. It was just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were. And often when we're not connected to who we are because we're not conscious and we're not aware, we actually believe that who we are is who we really are. Um, and, and so many times then from that place, our goals can be, shall we say, projections of Unmet needs from childhood, you know, dad wasn't there, mom wasn't there, I was bullied, I wasn't enough, uh, I was teased, so I didn't feel lovable, didn't feel worthy. So if I can just make a million dollars, if I can just drive that car, if I can just have that body, if I can just be famous, then I'm going to prove that I'm enough. And it's never fulfilling. And so yeah. I think until we truly connect with who am I, who am I really, who am I authentically, not what society tells me to be, not what religion, education, school, parents, some external force tells me to be, but who am I really from the inside, like truly, authentically, my truth, my essence, uh, then I think we end up living to some degree a life that is a lie. Not intentionally, but it, it, it's, it's not a fully aligned life. And so for me, it's about helping people get aligned and connected and, and create a life from that place so that they can live in alignment and live their purpose, share their purpose, express their purpose, and fulfill their true, uh, should we say, highest destiny in this life. Is that who you are, really? Is that who I am? I'm nothing, yes. and I'm everything, really, you know? Uh, I, I'm not really anything, and I'm everything. And to me, uh, Kud is just a name. Uh, and, you know, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. I live in Los Angeles and partly Mexico sometimes. And so, uh, I'm from everywhere and nowhere, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I think I've learned through the process of life, um, as a young boy, um, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. As a young boy, I didn't feel like I was like, am I African? Am I from Ghana? And then I go to Ghana as like, they would tease me saying, oh, I'm that foreigner. And, you know, kind of a, a joke, but, but I didn't feel like, well, do, am I from here? And I kind of look different. Then I went to Japan where my mother's from and never quite fit in there. 
Yeah, you look a bit too far there. different. <laughs> and I'm in the UK and I'm not quite British. And, yeah. and then I came to America. And, and so as a young boy, um, I always questioned, like, who am I? And where is home? What is home? What am I? Who am I? And, and so I didn't know. And I think that drove me also as the foundation of my path to really question who am I and what am I and where do I come from and what is my true nature? And what I began to find through my own experience is I'm not just this body. This body will die. This body is really a temporary vehicle for my soul. And at some point, everybody's body will die. And, and am I just this body? To me, what I realize is this body is kind of a, a temporary costume uh, for the essence of our spirit and our soul to 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 navigate this human experience as a vehicle. But it's not what we really are. And I think in our culture, we often get so identified to believe that this is what we are and so much of advertising and media and corporations brainwash us to believe you're this body 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 so we get so identified with our body it's like oh i'm fat i'm not worthy i got wrinkles i'm unworthy but if you just you know when we identify ourselves as this limited mind body mechanism then we can be sold oh you know have this wrinkle creep you you know 99 dollars drive this car you're going to be sexy and desired wear this underwear drive this thing buy this house and and so i think part of freedom comes from knowing who you really are true and that's that's been my path and that's yeah. Really, um yeah i teach about it but but for me it's about taking people through processes and experiences that can help people come to that internal uh experience and realization for themselves more than Raj, I was about I was about to ask you how to how to get people to do this. Can you can you tell us a little bit about those processes or or experiences? I mean I I you know I, I can kind of tell you but people you, you ultimately you have to go through them because it's yeah. like, can you can you tell me about the food on the menu? Like what to, what the, well it tastes good and the pasta tastes nice and it tastes a bit and then have you ever ordered something and it's like well that's not what I thought it was going to taste like and so mm. you know so for me, it has to be an experience. And so what I've, what I've done, what I've got known for is over the last 21 or two years is one-on-one, -on -one, small groups, large groups. I kind of, I've designed processes. First, it started off as very customized processes to help people become aware of their patterns. And when we're locked in our patterns, we're not free. When we're locked in our limited sort of conditioned ways of being, which is often programming from childhood, we're not in touch with the taste of our own inner freedom, you know? And we often get so conditioned that we think that this limited version of ourselves is who we are. We actually believe that this is just me. I'm just this way. I'm just guy. I'm just quiet. And we don't realize that it's just what we've been conditioned to be in order to get love and fit in. And so, look, to me, just to set a context, when we're born as children, we're born free. We're, 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 if you're looking into a child's eyes, there's a yeah. purity. There's that, that one month old, that one week old, that five month old, that they're, they're in touch with something. I mean, yeah. God, and also, they're in, and they also live in the moment to touch. Love. They're in touch with the love. They'll jump on the table. They don't care. They're not, they're not, they're not projecting in the future. They're not living in the past. They're just pure beingness living in the moment, right? And just yeah. freedom. They're just free. They cry when they feel like and they fall down and they get over it. They're not thinking two weeks from now, that moment when I fell down, that moment when my mom didn't change my diapers. They're just being. So what happens? What happens? Exactly. We, <laughs> we, we meet our parents. We meet our parents and God bless them. 
Our parents, they're just doing the best that they know how to do based on their parents and their generation and their conditioning. So we meet our parents and maybe dad is crazy. Maybe mom, mom is an alcoholic. Maybe they're normal, normal in quotation marks, normal people, uh, nice people, but they maybe didn't have the emotional, uh, intelligence to know how to meet our emotional needs. And so some of our needs weren't met. And that was painful for us to not have our needs met as children where we feel kind of helpless, right? And so as children, two things happen. You talk about what happened. First thing is we learn unconsciously all sorts of strategies to shut down, disconnect, not feel because to not have your needs met or to feel mom and dad fighting or to feel mom is gone or dad has left and feel abandoned and feel unsafe. And so we learn to shut down, suppress, disconnect, not feel. Shut down, suppress, disconnect, not feel. And over, you know, throughout our childhood, layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of, shall we say, unprocessed, uh, unfelt, unreleased emotion gets suppressed inside of us and sort of it ends up burying our light, our authenticity. And, and we, we kind of erect a, a wall around our heart in order to function and survive and not feel the pain. And now we become closed and go into a pattern of control because if I can disconnect, not feel, then I don't have to feel the pain and I can be safe. And so now this becomes our way of our condition, way of being. And then we also learn a way of being where we go into the world as children, much of which is unconscious. Like, who do I need to be in order to get love and validation? Who do I need to be for dad to love me? Who do I need to be for mom to love me? So we now contort ourselves into uh, a shape uh, of becoming who we think we need to be to get love, validation, approval. We develop a role. We develop a mask. We develop a persona. We yeah. develop a way of being and we become nice. For me, I became the nice boy, the responsible one, the caretaker for my mother, the, the caretaker for everyone, the fixer, right? And I just took care of everyone. And so we develop these roles that are validated by the world and we hold so tightly to these roles that we get locked into these roles and we think that's who we are, not realizing that it's just conditioning, you know, yeah. in the degree to which we're conditioned and the degree to which we're not free. And so... What I do in my one-on-one -on -one processes and what, what I do and what we all have to do as human beings, but in my seminars, small group, large group seminars, is I help people start questioning who they are, you know, through a series of questions and series of exercises. And it depends on, on the, on the process and the group. But I think one of the first steps of transformation is we have to become aware and we become aware through the process of questioning, you know, and so that, that's, 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 that's the beginning point. Absolutely. It's crazy when you think about it, how good we are on making things complex for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Our life is, by kids, is so simple. On one level. Yes, on one level. Yeah. But but it, it becomes complex, I think, because we learn to suppress our feelings and then we we, 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 we kind of close up and we can't just open up because if we open up we might feel those feelings again and we've learned all sorts of strategies to and mechanisms to not feel just because feeling was too painful and so now we now we what worked for us when we were five now we're 25 we end up in a relationship and we start feeling some emotions like love and connection and and that starts scaring us this is why it gets complicated because it starts scaring us because oh last time when i was five when i was open it, it my needs weren't met. That was painful. I was abandoned. And so so now we meet someone, we want to open, and then we close. We push the person away. We create a whole drama and a mess to push them away so that we don't have to open our hearts, fall in love, because 
being in love was painful. And so it becomes yeah. complicated. But often it's, this is the, it's the ego strategy, right? To, to, to keep us safe. You know, the ego that which we perceive ourselves to be and believe ourselves to be, uh, the ego's job is to protect you from getting hurt, to make sure you don't get hurt again like you were hurt before and to reinforce its existence. And that's what makes it complex. That's what we do. And, and so we have to become aware, you know, because we actually end up believing we are the ego. We actually believe that we're the ego. We get identified with ourselves as the yeah. ego, but, but we're, but we're yeah. not. And so on yeah. one level, it's complicated. And so I think one place that people can begin as a start is the simplest place. And I tell people like the thing that keeps us stuck repeating cycles uh, are, are all the lies that we tell ourselves mm. as human beings we're constantly lying to ourselves for all the reasons i just expressed uh self-protection self-mechanisms that 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 kind of come into place to so it's survival really and so uh, i think that we stay stuck because we lie to ourselves we stay in relationships that we know i mean it's on one level it's simple we know it's not right we know we're not in love we know it's not a lie but we stay because, you know, it's comfortable. We stay. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the safe zone. It's the known. Yeah. What will my parents say? What will social media say? What will, I've invested yeah. so much in. And, and so, uh, it's self-preservation. And so we work jobs that we hate. We, we say yes when we mean no to get love, validation, yeah. and approval and wonder why we feel so unhappy. And so for me, the first place that we can start is a simple place. A simple step, I would say, is start telling yourself the truth. You have to want the truth more than you want what you have. If we can just, if we just began to tell ourselves the truth, the real truth, the raw truth, life would be simple. Like happiness is simple. Feel the truth, acknowledge the truth, tell the truth, live the truth. Happy life. But because of our conditioning and our, you know, mechanisms, it, it's not always the case. But if we could just begin with, okay, what, what lies am I telling myself? Just yeah. start becoming honest about that. What lies am I telling myself? And just feel that, okay, you know, what am I pretending to not know? Because we pretend to not know things that we do know as, a, again, a mechanism. We're excuse to see. <laughs> preservation, right? Because the fear is, oh, shit, if I tell the truth, then what will the consequence be? And as a result, we're afraid of the consequence. I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to be alone. My relationship will end. I'm going to have to break up. I'm going to leave my job. And how will I survive? And so many times we play this game of, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. We know. We do know deep down. So I tell people, look, take the pressure off of yourself of having to take any action. Take the pressure off of having to take action and simply just acknowledge the truth. You don't have to break up. You don't have to leave your job. You just, just tell the truth. I hate my job. Great. You don't have to do anything. Just acknowledge it and feel what comes up. That will begin a process inside. Um, I, I, I'm not in love with my wife. Okay. It's scary to admit that. It's scary to acknowledge that, right? And, but just yeah. acknowledge it. You don't have to divorce. You, it might lead you to a deeper conversation. It might lead to a breakthrough in the relationship. It might lead you to separate, but, but you don't have to do anything. Just let the feelings bubble and just that begins the process. So I think truth is the first key. And then really acknowledge, we have to be willing to acknowledge the pain, mm. the pain that we feel. And here mm. is a challenge as to why people stay stuck. We feel pain. Oh, I feel depressed. Something's not right. Uh, we deny it. We distract ourselves, drink it away, sex it away, smoke it away, you know, social media it, it away, 
whatever it is, shop it away, meditate it away, just so that we don't have to feel the pain. And this is how we keep ourselves stuck in the loop, in the cycle. To me, pain is a blessing. Pain is feedback. Pain is, is simply, it's showing you that some part of you is wanting your attention and it's showing you that some part of you is not in alignment. And, and, and so pain is your friend. I think if we're willing to sit with the pain and receive the feedback, like what is this pain trying to tell me? What is this pain communicating to me? Then we can truly, I would say, course correct and have a shift and tell the truth and come into alignment. When we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. When we're not telling the truth to ourselves, it's not meant to feel good. It's meant to feel pain. And, and so the fact that we feel pain is nothing's wrong. It's just showing us we're not in alignment and so that we need to come into alignment. So I embrace, embrace the pain. I'm a CrossFit enthusiast, so I know what it means to embrace the pain <laughs> when I do a workout. Nice. But, but you, you made a, you made a great, great point about, uh, you know, uh, start first by acknowledging the truth. Don't take yes. any action because yes. it is true that a lot of people, they know they need to change, but they are afraid of moving forward. They're afraid of taking action because they're afraid of the consequences. Or maybe they're going to suffer and they don't want, and they don't want to. Yep. Right. Exactly. Is that, yeah. yeah. But, but yes. And that's why I say you don't have to take action. Just yeah. take that pressure off yeah, yeah. and just acknowledge the pain because that will start some feelings inside and slowly it will take you through a process. But here's the thing. Many times people think, okay. If I don't take action, I've avoided something. But the thing is, if you don't take action and you live the lie, you may think you've avoided a consequence, but you're living the consequence every day. You live the consequence of an empty, loveless relationship every day. You live the consequence of the pain of betraying yourself every day. And, and, and that, that pain, that depression, that physical pain, that emotional pain that you live Every day is the consequence, even though you haven't told the truth, you're living the consequence daily for the rest of your life. And so we often don't see it that way, but I think that's another reality. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great way of putting it. Absolutely. Um, so uh, your new book, the, the magic of uh, surrender is a guide to move your, to move people past inner struggle to discover the power of letting go. Uh, letting go of control, letting go, you know, and how letting go leads to more. Sure. So this is, this is a great, it's re re sorry, it resonates with me a lot because I work with entrepreneurs. Uh -huh. I, coach, I coach them. And one of the bottlenecks that I see a lot is the inability to let go. Like you said, to realize that less control is actually beneficial to the growth of the business and actually their own mental health. So you're saying that letting go is or surrendering isn't about giving up. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It's about being strong and courageous. Yes. Can you explain? It takes courage to to let go of what's not working. Right? It takes it takes more courage to acknowledge that this business isn't working. This project isn't this thing that I'm doing isn't working. It takes courage to acknowledge that something isn't working to have the courage to reinvent, to have the courage to pivot, to have the courage to change, to have the courage to shift. That takes courage. You know, sometimes as business people, we do, we even sometimes get caught in the trap of success, right? We do something, it works, we keep doing it, it gets reinforced, and we keep doing it over and over again, and like, we don't feel alive. We don't we feel aligned, you know, but we do it because it makes money and it works, but we don't feel alive, we don't feel aligned, we're no longer growing. And we hold on to it because it's how we derive our validation as well, our sense of identity. 
And, and so I also ask entrepreneurs and business people to sit with like, what is it that you're currently doing that is working, but you're no longer evolving and growing? What is it that you're currently doing that is work, working, but you're no longer expanding, you're no longer evolving, you're no longer fulfilling, you're feeling fulfilled. It's, it, maybe it's no longer your true essence and your purpose because now you're stuck, right? And so it takes more courage to acknowledge where you're stuck, to acknowledge what's not working and kind of move into the unknown, especially if you know what you're doing and you've done it so many times that it's just the known, it's safe. And instead to move it to somewhere that's not safe. Look at Apple, right? Apple, I think it was when Steve Jobs came back and, and he, he basically cut all the products focused on yeah. a couple of simple products, streamline everything. Like that's letting go mm. when everything that they've been doing was kind of working, but he knew to really go to that next level is going to require letting go. The next level of your life requires the next level of you and the next level of you is going to require that you let go of who you were. You mm. cannot manifest the new life, business, idea, destiny, being the old version of yourself, the old identity. doesn't work that way. You have to let go. That, that caterpillar crawling on the floor has to let go of being a caterpillar, no matter how good it is in order to enter the cocoon. But then there's a moment of gestation in the cocoon, no matter how comfortable to emerge as the butterfly. That child, every child that is born, every child, we are so happy. For those of you that have children, when you see your kid for the first time emerging from the womb, you're like, oh my God, it's emotional. It's like, wow, welcome to life. We're so happy. But notice that every child usually is crying. And it makes you think, why are they crying? Because maybe they had to let go of the, of the life that they knew, the comfortability that they knew. Every birth is a death. They had to die to who they were to emerge into the world. Mm. It's a death. It's another death. We're all excited. Like, woo, it's a birth. But they just had to die to the life that they had. Mm. And and so you can't manifest the new being being the old. But the challenge is most of us as human beings, for all the reasons I've expressed, our conditioning, we tend to hold on to who we were and what we know out of self-preservation, comfort, familiarity, not realizing that we are simply keeping ourselves stuck. We are actually blocking our blessing. We are blocking the next level of manifestation, doing the same, same over and over again. And it's the human nature to not want to change. It's the egos. The ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants everything to change. The ego wants you to change, <laughs> wants your wife to change, wants your husband to change. It wants the president to change. It wants your freaking pet goldfish to change, but the ego doesn't want to change. You know, it's the nature of the ego, self-preservation. And we can get deep into the ego if you want later, but... But we have to acknowledge, you have to let go of what is no longer a vibrational match. You have to let go of who is no longer a vibrational match. Likely as business people, most of the time, the people that got you to one level won't be the people that get you to that next level and that next level and that next level. I guarantee you, probably Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, most of the people that they're working with today weren't the people that started with them 10, 20, 15, 30 years ago. It's yeah. just evolution. It's evolution. Who you were when you started your business, that identity of yourself as an entrepreneur, that idea and the way you operated probably won't be who you need to be to manifest that next level. And many of us are stuck in old identities because it's comfortable, because it's safe. And so for me, this is the essence of surrender. And this is why I talk about surrender. Surrender is the art of letting go. 
The challenge is in our culture today, we often think that surrender is weak, mm. that surrender is passive, that surrender is giving up, that surrender is waving the white flag, that surrender is doing nothing. That surrender means you sit there and do nothing and just sort of twiddle your fingers and watch television and eat potato chips and just, and just wait. That's not what surrender is. And, and so there's many misconceptions that we have about surrender. Like if you surrender, you're going to be a doormat. You're going to be left behind. You're going to be taken advantage of that. You won't manifest your goals, dreams and desires. And I'm actually, I'm actually saying no. If you surrender, what if you didn't get less in life? But what if you actually got more? More than you could have planned and anticipated and expected and projected with the limitation of your logic and mind. And so more, maybe the more is not what you thought, but the more might be better than what you thought. And so for me, surrender is the real secret to manifestation. It's the real key to the next level. If you look at all of the truly great ones, and I saw Elon Musk as a business guy in this category, we can explore that too. But Jesus, Buddha, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Mandela, uh, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, at some point, they all had to surrender who they thought they were. They had mm. to surrender the life that they had. They had to surrender something, let go of something in order to tap into a deeper dimension of their purpose, a deeper dimension of their essence, a deeper dimension of what life was seeking to express through them. And in that letting go of, look at Gandhi, who was a lawyer, a successful lawyer. He could have held on to that. I want to be a lawyer, but he had to let that go. And that opened him up to another dimension of possibility. And then I think in letting go and in surrender, that's when life in its infinite intelligence can use you and express through you and move through you. For the business folks, you might be thinking, ah, oh, this surrender woo woo stuff. No, look at, look at Elon Musk, richest man in the world or the second. Or third, but he's up there. Depending yeah, up on there. the time of this, let's say he has a lot of freaking money. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy could go to Las Vegas, take a hundred billion dollars, burn it, burn it on fire in the middle of the Las Vegas Strip, and still probably have a hundred hundred billion dollars left. You see what I'm saying? And so, yeah, you want that, that hundred billion dollars will be financed by others. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, here's the thing: here's a guy. People might think, ah, you know, Elon Musk, love him or hate him. He practiced surrender. He made 200, was it 200 million with PayPal many years ago. Most of us would probably run off into the sunset, retire, chill out, buy an island, hang out, and just, this is a dude that had a vision. Tesla, Solar City, SpaceX, right? You know, he had a vision that, that he had that was given to him. He followed that calling, mm. put his entire net worth, his entire financial everything on the line. That is surrender. He was following the deeper calling of his soul. That's a version of surrender. You know, it's following your soul. So just to set the context for the business folks, because many times as business folks, we are control freaks in many ways. You know, we want to yeah. control everything. And many of us, we've created a level of success by controlling everything. Con so, so surrender is a letting go of control especially the things that you can't control. It is when we stop trying to force and manipulate lies to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be and who we think we should be and a relationship that we think should be. It's when we take the limitations off of life and we become available and open, become available to pivot, become available to, like success, success is not a straight line. And so you have to be, you have to be available to let go of what doesn't work so that you can zigzag and pivot and and optimize and realign and in make constant 
and never-ending improvements so that you can course-correct, course-correct your way to success. That's how every business is. But many times, we often make a goal, like, this is what I'm going to achieve. And in our limitedness, we, we attach to our idea of how we think it's going to be and how we think it's going to manifest and the way we think it's going to manifest. And when we do, when we get so attached, we're no longer available. We're no longer open. We're no longer open to life showing us. We're no longer open to feedback. We're no longer able to pivot. We get rigid on a very limited idea. And so mm. letting go or the art of surrender is that willingness to be flexible. And it doesn't mean you don't commit. You, you, you catch the vision. You set the goal, a goal that is authentic for you, right? But you give 100%. So it's not non-committing. You give 100%. Meanwhile, you're not attached to the outcome. You're willing to allow life to show you because when we get attached to the outcome, we're not able to be flexible and receive the messages that yeah. the, the marketplace, that our clients, that our customers give us. But plus, you don't, we don't really control the outcomes. Yeah, most of it. We, we, what we control is what we can, can control, which is the actions yeah. we take, the work that we do, how we show up. But the outcomes is not guaranteed, let's just say. Well, you can do your best work possible and it not work out. You can not do your best work and it works out. So, so, so there's so many variables. So we have to focus on what is in my control and let go of what's not in your control. Otherwise, you will experience nonstop suffering. Absolutely. You, you mentioned true purpose, true essence of purpose several, several times. Uh-huh. How important it is. I mean... It sounds very, very important, but why is it so important to find your purpose? Um, okay, what I'll say is it's incredibly important to find your purpose in life. Otherwise, you may not tap into the real meaning of what life is. And then mm. we can kind of wander aimlessly through life, chasing money, chasing power, chasing fame, chasing material stuff. Nothing wrong with material stuff, but ultimately it won't bring you deep meaning. And certainly not meaning for a, in a lasting context, right? Now, around purpose, for those that are wondering about finding purpose, what I would say is stop seeking your purpose. It's yeah, like, now I'm like, well, wait a second. You just said it's important. Yeah, stop seeking your purpose. Here's why. Many times we'll constantly seek and seek and seek and seek our purpose, and we keep postponing our purpose for some future moment rather than living it now. I want to come from a spiritual level, then I want to go to a very practical level because for me, I help people on a spiritual level, you could say. Yeah. And, and, and everything is connected. I feel as though we are souls. We're souls. We incarnate into this human experience. Uh, souls that have incarnated having a human experience. And to me, life is, is like a university for, it's a school mm-hmm. for our soul's evolution. And, and everything is our curriculum and everything is our lesson and everyone is our teacher. And so we incarnate in order to learn, to grow, to evolve, to learn lessons and to realize and become more of who we really are. That means every moment, if, li- if, the, if the purpose of life is, is growth and evolution, then if we understand that deeper spiritual context, then on some level, it doesn't really matter what we are doing. What matters more is that no matter what we are doing, we are learning the lessons while we are where we are with whoever we're with. Because so long as we're learning the lesson, whether you're a grocery store checkout person, whether you're CEO, whether you're a salesperson, so long as, and those are just, your job is not your purpose. And so, so long as you are learning the lessons where you are evolving and growing and become a, becoming a more realized, authentic version of yourself, 
then you could say no matter what is going on out here, you are living the true purpose for your life, which is you are evolving. And so that's the real game. The game is evolution. Whether you succeed by the world standards or your business fails or succeeds, so long as you're learning and growing and evolving every step of the way in the process of life itself, becoming more aligned and authentic, you're living your purpose. And, and your business and your job and your work is just a vehicle to learn the lessons in the curriculum that is in the school of life so that you can go and evolve. It is a vehicle. That's, that's the foundation there. Now, what I would say is for those that, that understand that and you still say, yeah, but I want to find meaningful work and live my purpose through my business in the world. Here's what I would still say. Stop seeking your purpose. Your purpose is evolutionary. And what, what you might feel is your purpose today may not be your purpose in 10 years. Because what was your purpose when you were 15 or 20 years old or 25 years old or 5 years old? It, it's not the same purpose that you have now. It, it evolves as you evolve. And so we have to evolve. So I would tell people, because sometimes we wait and we wait and we wait until we find some super duper purpose. Then we're going to live it in the future somewhere out there in the future that never comes. And we're not cheating living in the now. So I would tell people, ask yourself what turns you on? What makes you most come alive? What would you do for free? Where do you feel your aliveness and energy the most? And if you're not sure what my purpose is, just take a step and move in that direction. Just take a step and like, just go in that direction. Just go in that, take a step. What I found is when you take a step, the next step reveals itself. So life reveals to you the next step in the process of living life itself. And then your purpose is revealed in the process of life. And and, and so your purpose is like a revelation rather than something you have to like figure out up front from your current level of consciousness. Because the best purpose you're going to figure out from this level is based on where you are now. But at every step you take, you will expand, you will evolve, you will grow, you will expand your consciousness so you'll become receptive to the true, the deeper dimension of what your purpose really is. And so your purpose is a revelation. It gets revealed. And so ask yourself these three to four questions. Number one, what do I love? What makes me most alive? What would I do for free? Mm. And feel into that. That's it. That at least kind of points you in the direction that, that can move you forward. Is that enough? No. As business people, that's not enough by itself because I could say to you, I love Formula One. <laughs> I'm never going to be Lewis Hamilton, you know, Max Verstappen. In this yeah. lifetime, let's be honest, I'm yeah. not going to be Lewis. These dudes were doing it since they were three. They were engineered to do it. I guess there's a point zero 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 one percent chance I could start at this point in my life, but it's very unlikely. So, so, mm. so, so, you know, look at what you love. Maybe it will be in the field of what you love, but maybe not the format or or maybe, I, let's say, maybe I wouldn't be a Formula One racer. Maybe I would build a business inside of that. There's different uh, expressions that are possible. But look at what you love. That points you in the direction. Then look at what specific skills you actually have. Mm. The skills you have are tangible, real skills that have real value in the marketplace, in the economy. And, and the reason I tell people to move in the direction is when you move in a direction, maybe you take a job that isn't your dream job, but it's in the direction. There's likely skills that you will learn in that job. You might learn accounting. You might learn social media. You might learn communicating. There's skills that you're going to learn. 
And every job, every experience, you're going to learn different skills. And every time you learn a different skill, it's going to be part of the ingredient that will prepare you to be the person that is capable of fulfilling that purpose. Yeah. And, and so, so your entire life has been the perfect preparation for you to live your purpose. So I would say, look at your life and yeah. look at the tangible skills that you have, because many times, we're trying to figure out our purpose, but we're not really connecting it to, oh, I actually have skill in this area, real, tangible, valuable skills. So what do I love? What skills do I have? Now, as business people, I tell people, don't at first focus on money. Focus on being of service. Wait, and how are you of service? Your service as entrepreneurs when you add value. How are you, what, 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 what signifies value? You add value when you're able to solve someone's pain, problem, or challenge. So look at what pain, problem, or challenge am I, am I uniquely, based on my skill, am I uniquely able to solve? Some people are just brilliant at mathematics, brilliant at accounting, and you might not think that much of it, but for someone else who's terrible at it, it's valuable. And so you, based on your skill, you're able to just see the world a certain place, employ your skill in a certain way to solve a pain, problem, or challenge. And so that's value. So money and success, partly, Money is a function of adding value. We add value when we solve a paper on the challenge. So you look at people want to be mad at, you know, Jeff Bezos, but the truth is I use Prime today. I used Prime yesterday. So he created something that was able to solve a pain problem or challenge. And what used to take three weeks to get a package now takes three hours or, or, or a day to get a package. And so this is someone who is adding value. And so success of a business and money is in direct, uh, correlation to Solving a problem, adding value. So look at that as a function of where your purpose might lie. And then lastly, look at what group of people do you feel uh, a natural affinity to? Maybe it's the, the teenage pregnant mothers. Maybe it's the elderly. Maybe it's the blind. I believe that on a spiritual level, you will have a connection to this group of people because maybe that's pointing to who you've been put on the planet to serve and make mm -hmm. a difference for. And that might show you part of where your purpose lies. And so those are a few questions you can ask yourself when it comes to thinking about your purpose and, and clarifying. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. Great process to follow. We talk, you talk about, you mentioned several entrepreneurs. Um, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? You know, I never used to. I just mm. wanted to help people. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I, but I would say in, in certain ways, yes, I'm an entrepreneur, but I also have a few different businesses. You know, I have my my core, my main business that I'm known for, which is yeah. seminars and events. And in many ways, yeah, I, I provide a, on, on that level, I provide a service that adds value, that solves pain, problem or challenges for people as in a healing transformational capacity. And there's a business behind it, you know, that enables me to do that at, at, at larger scale levels. So in that sense, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. I have some other businesses in real estate and what have you. So more and more. Expanding myself as a pure entrepreneur in that sense, as a pure as a pure entrepreneur. So building for me, an entrepreneur comes from the you know the the French um, verb entreprendre, which is literally building something. Yeah, well, that pure entrepreneur. I'm building. You know, I have developments <laughs> in in Ghana and Mexico and yeah. and in California. So there's there's these are things. Those are things that I I don't talk about as much, but mm. those are things that are just purely some entrepreneurial ventures of building things yeah where where do you want to go uh, uh, 
I, I want to to wrap up this this uh, this this uh, discussion, but I'm really interested in in, in your dream, the end goal of that journey. There's no end goal for mm. me. The only goal is now and to be obedient to to my soul, to be obedient to the divine. I have a sense of certain things, mm. but but you know, for me, how I how I set goals now is I don't set goals. I I don't, I don't goal set. I, I soul set. And I don't really ask myself the question now, what do I want? Because whatever we manufacture from the mind is going to be limited. So more and more, I ask myself the question, what is it that life wants to express through me? What is it that the universe wants to express through me? What is the deepest impulse of what my soul is seeking to manifest and express and give to the world and serve the world? And And for me, part of it is to sort of tune in and catch the vision of that so that I'm not creating from my mind, creating from just the logic, but it's opening to the infinite intelligence that is life itself to allow myself to catch that vision. And and so uh, what is it that life wants to express? And so it, it's less about here's the end goal because the mind is only able to see to a certain point. And, and when we kind of set that point at this is the end goal, it's limiting in a certain way. So I, I don't really put limits on it. There's, there's visions I have and things I feel called to do more and more as an entrepreneur um, and as a businessman to impact change, to impact the world, to impact Africa uh, in terms of business. Mm. But I, I don't see it as the end goal. If anything, I'm just inspired to help people awaken to their true essence, to their true identity, and um, share their purposes with the world. You know, that's the essence. But uh, I don't have an end goal because, to me, the goal is evolution. And when I get to that goal, there will be more. And when I get to that goal, there will be more. And it's just a continual process of evolution. Will you ever stop? Will life ever stop? Yeah. When you and I are gone, life will continue. You and I are just a appearance in the mm. in the infinite stream that is life itself. So life was here before you. Life will be here right now, and life will be here way after you and I are gone. Mm. So if life never stops, why will I stop? But it's not cute. Coot will stop, but I don't think that I am coot. <laughs> so in, in that sense, you know, the true I... That is the same I that is you and me and that we all are part of will never stop. It's life. And we are life. Deep, deep thoughts to conclude this uh, podcast. Uh, one last question for you, Kurt. Uh, how can people contact you? Awesome. Yeah, depending on when you listen to the conversation, folks. Hope you had fun. Um, check out my book, The Magic of Surrender. It's available on paperback. Go to Amazon. Check it out. Uh, there's some updates in the paperback version. Uh, number two, uh, my Instagram, Coot Blackson. Just say hi there. Follow me there. Facebook Love Now. My podcast, Soul Talk. You can also go to my website, Coot, K-U-T-E, CootBlackson.com. Uh, enter your name and your email to uh, receive a free three-part video training series. You can find out about my upcoming events. Uh, likely, depending on when you listen to this, I'm launching... Uh, a couple of new seminars so you can find out about the live events and breakthrough experiences that I'm doing and uh, see me there. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Kut, again. And thank you for listening. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave me a five-star review. Go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash interviews podcast and follow the simple instructions. It only takes a minute, but it can make a massive difference in growing the podcast's impact. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.